This is the sound of a conventional auction. It allows buyers to kick the tyres, literally in this case, because it's a car auction. But the retail metaphor can be applied to other goods too. Conventional shopping allows the buyer to try things out, to touch and see, to examine, before fronting up with the cash. Online shopping isn't like that. There's a written description, a photo or two, and sometimes there's an opportunity to ask questions. Despite these restrictions, the online auction site TradeMe has taken off, based on an underlying assumption that it's the place to find bargains. But is that always so? Are buyers assured of good prices, and how often can things go wrong? Stamp collector Jeff Howard believes these days you have to be quick to get a bargain. Bargains are fewer and fewer. There are a lot more of them with a lot less people in the the earlier days. And it's got harder because people have got more savvy about trade me. There's just so many people coming on day in and day out. You know, there's new bidders every day. You just think you've beaten off the old opposition, and and you know three new ones will arrive. Free marketeer Milton Freeman would love trade me, where online auctions deliver a price driven by supply and demand. That works both ways, of course, delivering high prices as well as low for buyers as well as sellers. Lead Childs. The detective sections arranged nice and alphabetically, so we should be able to find them. And it looks like we don't. In RTB's second-hand bookshop in Wellington, manager Matthew Morris has been comparing what's on Trade Me with what he has in store. One of the more interesting ones I found on Trade Me was a book called Sons of France, which is about early missionary priests in Northland. There's two entries for it on Trade Me: one for twelve dollars, one for twenty dollars. Uh, no one has placed a bid on them yet. We've got a copy here, and I think we have thirty-five dollars on it. So, if you wanted a bargain, you'd get it off Trade Me.、Um, but at the same time, it appears no one actually wants the book. Another example we've got is Mercedes Lackey, a science fiction author, and there's one on Trade Me,、uh, Ware Hunter, and at the moment there's been a bit of interest in that one. Fourteen bids so far. It's up to thirteen dollars fifty. Although I don't have one of those secondhand, I do have other books by her, also in really good condition, for twelve and thirteen dollars. So, trade me's not always going to be a bargain. It pays to shop around and know what the going price is for an item. Buyers who feel hard done by often post their stories on the community message board on the Trade Me site. In one recent example, a mobile phone bought for two hundred dollars was declared a rip-off. Two hundred dollars for a second-hand phone sounds way too much to pay. For two hundred, you could have bought two mobiles. Getting captured by the thrill of the auction is a surefire way of paying over the odds. Michael Carney, who's author of Trade Me Success Secrets, says he's heard several horror stories. I know of one fellow, an acquaintance of mine. He wanted to buy a second-hand bike, and he got carried away with the thrill of the chase, and and he paid about sort of twenty to thirty percent more than he could have got it for somewhere else. Masiolo Tate and her husband Jeff run a small business on Trade Me, listing up to twelve hundred auctions a week. But they're both buyers too, and know auctions from both sides of the fence. Jeff's not a very good loser. He'll、no. he'll sometimes bid more than he should for something that he that he really wants. And we have some customers that do that, but they're happy. We're happy to get a good price. They're happy they've got a bargain. Author Michael Carney believes the addictive qualities are there for both buyers and sellers. 
because there's something fascinating about watching as your auction suddenly goes from $20 to $45 to $65 in the last few minutes because a couple of buyers are fighting for it. Uh, boy, you want that buzz again, not to mention the money. And then for the buyers, there's that thrill of winning. Essentially, it's a, a kind of a sense of ownership that you get when you make a bid on something, particularly if you've you know, really got an attraction to it because it's an area that you're particularly interested in. And then suddenly you think, that's mine. I'm not going to let that slip. And oh, I think I can pay just a little bit more than that and a little bit more than that. And it's uh, fairly hazardous from a buying point of view. But can trade me be truly addictive in the same way as gambling or alcohol? Professor Doug Selman is the director of the National Addiction Centre based at the Christchurch School of Medicine at the University of Otago. With the advent of online auctions, it's looking like compulsive buying has been given sort of like a turbocharge in terms of people becoming more compulsive around their buying behaviour. Professor Selman says it's important to stress that the majority of people using the internet and sites such as TradeMe aren't showing signs of addictive behaviour. So what are those signs? He says there are four key elements. The first is discontrol. So people start doing the activity often more than they plan to or intend to. The second one is, is, is salience, where the activity begins to assume a greater prominence in the person's life to the exclusion of other, if you like, normal activities in their life, like their work, their, their family, their relationships. The third one is this compulsion to use, so a growing compulsion to do the behaviour despite significant problems uh, starting to occur in a person's life. And, and the fourth one is physiological changes, and this is most evident obviously in drug addiction, but where people are needing to bid with increasing amounts of money on Trade Me in order to get the, the desired excitement, or they begin to get very restless or irritable when they are not able to, to be online. Do you think it's the taking part per se, or is winning the, the important thing that people might get addicted to? I suspect it's a combination of the two. It's certainly the case that having it online and having a lot of people involved in an auction, there is a real sense of reward when you win the auction. For other people, that might be an important component, but just being online and being with other people and and, and engaging in the activity in itself could be very rewarding. He says online auctions may be particularly appealing and addictive to men. The data on compulsive shopping generally shows that it is more a middle-aged woman problem. But the anecdotal information on online auctions is showing that, that it's, it's certainly not that stereotype, that it, it actually is more focusing on the young and men just as much as women are involved. And I think it's the, the excitement of the chase associated with online auctions and winning despite the odds. Those kind of things I think are attractive to young men. Professor Selman suspects about 1% of people might be addicted to online auctions, but says it would be worth some research to discover its true prevalence. Experts on computer addiction in the US warn that it's becoming a major factor in divorce cases, that ignoring special relationships can do them irreparable damage. Jeff Tate says when his wife's small business took off, they decided to move the computer into the lounge, so they kept talking to each other. Jeff Howard's wife, Debbie, doesn't mind the two hours a day he spends on the computer, but says Trade Me can make an impact. Sometimes we have to be home at a particular time, or... 
have to um, wait before we can go out. So yeah, so yeah, sometimes. Now, news that an auction is just about to close can be texted to someone's cell phone. Trade Me, it seems, is beginning to be available any time, anywhere, with all the advantages and disadvantages that that implies. Not surprising then that Trade Me's own figures show clearly that a substantial number of people are using the site while at work. Author Michael Carney says his calculations suggest 36 person hours are lost every month by employees logging on to Trade Me. What tends to happen is that you follow a thread, and so you you may be checking in to look for something, but then you'll be inspired to search for something else, and you know before you know it, another half an hour is gone, and then you've, you've killed yet another few minutes of your employer's time. Peter Cullen, an employment law specialist, says using TradeMe at work could have very significant implications for employees. There has been one prosecution where a person was convicted of theft for spending time on the internet when he wasn't supposed to be. It was only two hundred and five dollars, I think, it cost the employer, but uh, the prosecution was actually successful, so that you could open yourself to a successful prosecution. Uh, if you're using the internet without consent and without authority of your employer, and there are usually you'd expect something like a fine, I imagine, but uh, there is even an imprisonment term of three months for that offence. Peter Cullen says it's becoming much more common for companies to have a policy on computer use, but they can vary widely. While competition during an auction can push prices up, TradeMe is still a place where good prices can be found. But how often does something go wrong when thousands of people are sending money to people they've never met for items they've never seen? Ripoffs. How do I make a complaint? I bought this headset that was supposed to have a mic built in from the seller, and now we're having arguments via email about the issue. Time wasters. It really pees me off when people like this trader bids and does not complete the purchase. As a result of this fall, Trade Me won't let me trade or list till I pay the commission on a sale that was never made. It says on the user's manual that a power adapter is included, but I never received one. When I emailed them, they didn't reply. Sent another email, still nothing. I bought a car on here. We exchanged cash and keys, signed the ownership papers, shook hands. But while I was dropping her off, she says my cousin put the wrong price on the auction for my car. Can you give me an extra five hundred? These complaints all come from TradeMe's community message board. It's clear that many of the issues stem from poor communication or differing expectations between buyer and seller. But scams do happen. Anything from locals ripping other New Zealanders off to more sophisticated offshore scammers. Peter Anderson is part of an organisation called Scambusters. Every weekend, I'm on the phone around the country to people. Telling them that their accounts have been hijacked or they're bidding on scam auctions, and it's surprising how many people just have no idea, no idea at all. Michael O'Donnell, the business manager at TradeMe, says it's a small percentage of trades that cause concern, and the company takes security very seriously. This is our trust and safety team here. There are five people. This has been a growth area for us. People only continue to come to the site if if they feel safe there. What sort of hours does this team work? They, they work 24/7, really. This team are complemented by the customer service team behind you, who who do work 18 by 7. So there are there are people that are combing the site and talking to members and emailing members and looking at things that our risk profiler picks up as being risky all of the time. And then there's actions they can take. And then when it comes through to actually prosecution or or real investigation, then this team take over. 
There is no love lost between TradeMe and Scambusters, which was set up in reaction to being banned from posting on the online auction site. Peter Anderson. We were all active members of TradeMe, concerned with a number of scams. We were posting the scams on the message boards and TradeMe took exception to that and in fact banned us from the message boards. So uh, one of the members set up the Scambusters website and the Scambusters forum. Why do you think TradeMe banned you from the message sites? I think that they don't like any mention of scams on their site and we were mentioning them rather a lot because there were a lot. TradeMe's Michael O'Donnell says Scambusters information is unreliable. Scambusters are a vigilante group that was formed when we kicked them off the message boards for spamming our members. Since then, they have provided us with some true information, a lot of false information. They've put up bogus listings and they've also libelled a number of our staff. It's easy to see that TradeMe wouldn't be too keen to publicise scams happening on the site. Yet, at the same time, it needs to ensure security to make certain traders continue to use it. But as with every other type of consumer deal, buyer beware is just as applicable and more, not less information about the potential risks serves to arm the consumer. Here's one. This is a scam auction. What's that auction number? 824-31295, if anybody wants to go and have a look at that. Peter Anderson says there are ways to spot scams. The easiest way to tell a scam from the Romanians is almost always they will display an email address in the text of the auction or in the payment arrangements. They are not looking generally for people to buy the goods. They are looking for people to email them so that they can get them off-site and then manipulate them, get the money in that way. Peter Anderson says phishing, an internet term for identity theft, leading to the hijacking of TradeMe accounts, is huge at the moment. What happens is that the hijacker gets a list of email addresses. Very easy to do. You can get them off TradeMe, you can get them off Google, you can buy lists of New Zealanders and the chances are the people you're writing to will have TradeMe accounts. They then send out a letter encouraging you to click on the link in the email to keep your account active. They generally say something like, if you don't do this, your account will be terminated. They then get you to put the sign-in information in the login page that comes up. But the login page, of course, is not a TradeMe site. It looks identical to TradeMe, but it is, in fact, on a, a server somewhere else. Once you've entered that information, they then have your login information, which is your email address, which they already know, and your password, and they have got complete access to all your TradeMe records. He says the problem first started to be noticed early last year, but it's now much worse. This last weekend, I see one of the largest traders on TradeMe was hacked. He has 15,000 feedbacks. So, uh, of course, the scammers have got access to every email for that trader's sales for the last 45 days. They can download that as a spreadsheet. An international working group on phishing claims 50 billion phishing emails are sent every month, so it's not surprising that some TradeMe customers become targets. Martin Craig from the Consumers Institute says TradeMe is very quick to stamp scams out when it notices them. Unfortunately, TradeMe's security staff aren't on 24-7. 
and the overseas scammers, particularly based in Europe, have a real advantage in that they're operating in their daytime when security's down a bit, trade me. Peter Anderson says Trade Me should be doing more to protect its members. They're worried that if they are seen to be doing more, then it would indicate that there are scams on the site. The second thing is that it will need a, an investment of some sort. The Scambusters website has a forum which alerts people to likely scams. By following the links, you discover that many of the auctions have been deactivated and the traders' accounts closed by Trade Me. Michael O'Donnell says they do alert traders to problems. If there is a phishing campaign, for instance, we'll put it up on the site. And if you go onto the message boards right now, you'll see discussion of those things, and, and that's cool. If there's a particular problem too, we'll actually send out a security email to all of our members, and we do that periodically if there's a particular issue. TradeMe has no issue with the Consumers Institute. In fact, Michael O'Donnell sits on the board. That doesn't stop Martin Craig, one of Consumers Investigative Writers, to advise buyers to be cautious. I wouldn't buy anything that could possibly need after-sale service through an internet auction because you're just relying on luck to track people down. Anyone buying something like a laptop or TV gear, video equipment, DVDs, anything that can break down and you might need to take it back for repairs, well, go and buy it from somewhere that you'll be able to find and take it back to. Despite Trade Me's informal nature, many of the purchases are covered by the Fair Trading Act and the Consumer Guarantees Act. The Consumer Guarantees Act means the seller is responsible for any after-sale service, including supplying spare parts for a number of years, depending on what the product is. I think that people, in all honesty, don't think that they have those responsibilities because they're selling through an internet auction. And the fact is that If you are a regular trader, which means if you're selling quite a few of the same item, and if you're selling at a fixed price, which is the buy now option available in a lot of internet auctions, then you might as well have a shop because your responsibilities are exactly the same as they were if you did have a shop. Buying goods from a conventional shop means if something goes wrong, you can seek redress. What happens with TradeMe? That's the big problem. You have to go through the disputes tribunal, basically, and it is only once you've approached the disputes tribunal that the auction site will give the other party's personal details to the disputes tribunal. They won't give them, for obvious privacy reasons, to disgruntled customers. There's a real cost involved with going to the disputes tribunal. Um, It depends on the value of the transaction that you're taking the case for, but you're talking tens of dollars and with some items it's easy uh, just to write it off. And I've got a hunch that there is a persistent low level of scamming going on where people are selling goods for just a few dollars and not delivering them and it's not worth pursuing. As well as understanding consumer law, sellers also need to know their obligation to pay tax and customs duty. Richard Philp is the manager responsible for investigations with the Inland Revenue Department, or IRD. If they are buying goods for the purpose of on-selling, they need to think about the tax consequences. And from a monetary threshold, if people are actively buying and selling and we describe that in the GST legislation as uh, a taxable activity, uh, if they meet that concept of taxable activity 
and their turnover within a 12-month period is $40,000 or more, then they must register for GST. If they're merely in the arena of uh, a hobby or they're clearing out the back shed and they're uh, getting rid of uh, items they no longer want and those items weren't purchased with the intent of on selling to make a profit, then there's no issue for them at that point. Richard Philp says the IRD keeps an eye on any single Trade Me member whose turnover is $40,000 or more. He says where there's a disconnect between the volume of sales and tax records, inquiries will be made. Last year, the small Trade Me business of Maziola Tate and her husband Jeff was audited. We were audited late last year for the three years that we were trading before I went part-time on my job when I used to work full-time we were also trading and we didn't consider that was a business we considered that part was a hobby but indeed the tax department considered it was a business they went well and truly through our books and we got stung. We were under the impression that if it was below $40,000 a year it, the tax department wouldn't even look at you. They wouldn't even worry about it. But what we, which, but we were under that. But that unfortunately was to do with GST, not to do with paying tax, which are two totally separate things. Yeah. Which we've now learnt the hard way, and um, we paid a, a tax bill last year. It's it's a warning. It's uh, yeah. It's a, it's a serious warning out there for people who think that it's okay just to buy and sell the odd thing because, let's face it, if you're doing it, you're doing it to earn, to make some money. And if you're making money in this country, you need to pay tax. Math sources a lot of the craft items she sells on Trade Me from the US. If the value of small packages and mail is over $110 in value, it must be declared, and GST of 12.5% is applied. Customs says it opens up a percentage of the items coming into the International Mail Centre to check whether or not declarations are correct. Many of the items bought by Maz and Jeff get through without them having to pay import duty. If customs here get hold of it, they'll say, well, what's actually in this parcel? And you tell them, and occasionally they've opened it and had a look um, in the parcel and uh, said, yep, let it go, or, and, you know, here's a bill for 500 bucks, please pay it before you get it. And so it, it varies from $80 up to... Five or six hundred dollars. All depends who's working that day and and the number they thought of. No, and what they, sometimes it's easy to get cynical about these things, but I think it's what you've bought in. But it's only sometimes that they, they open it up and bill you. Now that's yes. where Jeff is right. That sometimes it's it, dep- it depends who you've got on the desk that day. And a lot of parcels we are very fortunate um, get through. Buyers also have obligations. One of them is to front up with the money if they win an auction. Martin Craig from the Consumers Institute. You've made a contract with the seller that you will buy the goods. Similarly, the seller's made a contract with you that they'll supply them at that price. Once the auction's closed, neither party can come in with ifs, buts and maybes like, well, I'll sell it to you, but you've got to pay extra for delivery, or uh, I want to buy it at a slightly reduced price. The deal's done, the price is struck, and both parties have got a contract with each other that has to be honoured. Trader Maziola Tate says the majority of buyers are nice, but around 5% create problems. You've got your slow payers, you've got your non-payers. <laughs> We've heard every excuse under the sun why people don't pay. It's quite you, amazing what they come up with sometimes. You do, and I have a very good memory and remember some of their excuses from before and some of their excuses don't change and no one has that many mothers. To minimise risky trades, buyers are advised to use an escrow service like Safe Trader rather than sending money, to check if the seller is authenticated and address verified, 
and in particular to check a seller's feedback. This is a comment that's placed by a buyer describing how a sale has gone. The system allows an assessment to be made on the conduct and probable trustworthiness of a seller, a simple and to a large extent effective security measure. Positive feedbacks dominate. Many thanks for the fast trade. Fast and friendly trader, AAA plus. Awesome bike, kids are wrapped. Fast, friendly and efficient to deal with. Put red faces next to an entry indicate a not-so-happy trade. Pleased with purchase, but contact was poor. It appeared we were dealing with somebody from out of space. Battery doesn't work, lots of problems, seller not very helpful. Don't deal with this guy. 50cc motorbike lasted three hours and crapped out for the kids' Christmas. All these comments, good and bad, are feedback on the same seller, who has completed nearly 3,000 separate deals, the vast majority of which received positive feedback. He has 126 negative comments, giving him a 95.7% positive feedback rating. Trade Me author Michael Carney says the information can be used by the potential buyer to weigh things up. It's one thing to look at someone who's got half a dozen feedbacks and say, well, I think that's okay, but quite something else if you've got somebody who has etched up uh, 500 or 1,000 feedbacks and uh, you look down through the comments and everybody is pretty satisfied. There might be uh, one or two negatives, but by and large that happens in, in any deal. So if you if you look through and the, and the person has got a high feedback number and um, and obviously has got a lot of satisfied customers, and you can proceed with reasonable uh, satisfaction. Risk-adverse buyers might prefer to avoid any hint of trouble. Negative feedback stand out, but can the rest be trusted? Martin Craig from the Consumers Institute says he's pretty cynical about its value. It's real tit-for-tat stuff, and people are often scared. They value their own reputation and feedback and are scared to give any negative feedback because they will know that they're going to get the same thing back. They'd rather put a positive feedback on and not mean it than risk getting a bad feedback themselves. I think that's a real weakness of the feedback system. Sellers can reply to feedback they receive. The trader mentioned above is no diplomat in the replies he posts to negative feedback. No contact and no payment from this winner of auction. A waste of time jerk. Another of the last great spenders got a working bike cheaper than the warehouse and still gives me grief. A complete New Zealand reject. Why didn't you guys export the vagabond to Australia? The approach of trader Maziola Tate couldn't be more different. She works hard to make sure she receives positive feedback. We have two negatives out of over 7,000, which I couldn't talk my way out of. And I, and I couldn't, I didn't, in the end I didn't try because it wasn't really worth it in the end. People can see the number that you have, and um, and for a lot of people it's a big deal. Yes. Um, and for me, if I was to get a negative, I, it would be a big deal for me. There'd probably be tears, but I would get over it. If every trader cared as much as Maz, many of the problems would probably disappear. Trade Me has made buying and selling online a way of life for many people who would never have previously considered it an option. But as a marketplace, it's still a relatively new one, and it's one that begs updated consumer law and traders to be aware of all the potential pitfalls.